So how are y'all doing this morning? Blessed, highly favored, and empowered to live victoriously in Christ. And we win all the time. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That's how we win, because God's on our side. Amen. I want to first and foremost thank my family for coming out today, and my first, my, first my husband, shall I say, um, for being a supportive throughout all this ministry that God has given. He's always by my side. He's always supported me. I want to thank Pastor Keith, Lady D, for allowing me to come up here and, and to share this word with you that God has given. Um, and I want to thank my family for coming out to show encouragement. Can y'all just wave? My dad, my stepmom, my sister. Um, and as well as our friends, Juan, Kathy, Kevin, everybody, his wife. Um, thank you all for coming out. It's a, thank you. That, that's true encouragement. It's encouragement also to see the saints, brothers and sisters in Christ, as well as, as those who are guests. Thank you. It's a blessing. Um, let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for just allowing us to be here, Father God. We, we see it as an honor, Lord, to be before you, Father. We pray, Lord, that you may prepare the, our hearts, Lord, to hear from you, Father, yes. that this seed may land on good ground, Father God, that it may take root, Father God. Lord, let us not just be hearers, but doers of your word, Father. I thank you, Lord, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all may have your seats. Today we're going to talk about we got an issue. I don't know if you expected this this morning, but we got an issue. Okay? I'll be reading from Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34 in the King James Version. When you get there, say amen. It starts off saying, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment, which is the hem of his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue, which is power, had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. We're going to go through these verses. I'm going to break them up a bit. In verse 25, it starts off saying, A certain woman. The definition for certain means specific, but not explicitly named or stated. As we see, no name was mentioned, only that she was a woman with an issue. First thing we need to understand, God is not moved by our titles. You see, she didn't bring her achievements. She didn't bring her bank statements, her degrees. No, she brought an issue of blood. You see, when you're going through things, when you go through some things, there are some things money can't fix. There are some things your education, your rank, your status can't fix. When you have an issue of blood, oh 
only Jesus can fix it. It goes on to say in verse 26, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Now by looking at this, it seems like this woman had a lot of issues, okay? She had an issue of blood, she had it for 12 years, that's a long time, that's a preteen, y'all. And had suffered many things, that means she suffered, she had issues within an issue, okay? Of many physicians, had spent all that she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. So why does it say an issue? The focus was not the issues, the symptoms, but there was a root, and the root was she had an issue of blood. That's how it all started. That's how it all began. You see, the focus is not our titles and symptoms of sin, whether it's your adulterer, drunk, fornicator, thief, we make that the focus. The focus is the root, an issue of blood. A lot of people today, <clears throat> excuse me, unsaved and saved have an issue of blood. The unsaved person has an issue of blood because of the fall in the Garden of Eden. Romans 5.12 says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. Hebrews 9.22 says, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Amen. Hebrews 9.14 says, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Right. Acts from death so that we may serve the living God. The unsaved have an issue because they have yet to receive Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And their sins have not been washed away by the blood of Jesus, so they are still in their sins, and therefore they have an issue of blood. The blood issue is resolved, though, but because they choose to reject Christ, the blood issue remains in and over their life. The blood of Adam is still running their life, and it's killing them. The certain woman had an issue of blood for 12 years, how long will you carry an issue of blood? You don't have to carry an issue of blood. You choose to carry an issue of blood. The saved person has an issue of blood. Now, saved people are like, wait a minute, come on, what you mean? I already accepted Christ. I've been washed and cleansed by the blood of Christ. I'm white as snow. Because you have forgotten you've been redeemed of the blood issue. That's the issue of blood that you have. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. 1 Corinthians 6, 20 says, You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your bodies. Whether you're in the church house, whether you're out on the street, the grocery store, at work, on social media, honor God with your bodies. That's what you're forgetting. There's your blood issue. Revelation 2.4 says in the NLT, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me. Oh. Now most people are thinking like, oh, I love you, Lord, with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I love you, Lord. What are you talking about? But I love what the NLT says. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Uh-oh. See, when you're out of the will of God, and you're picking up on your old bloodline, 
Here are some of the symptoms you might be experiencing. You're not in your word like you used to. You find yourself desiring the things of this world more than God. You don't want to go to church to assemble, do any life groups. You don't want to do anything about God. You don't even want to be here right now. You're thinking about what you can do after. Struggle. James 1.15 says, then when desire has conceived. What kind of desire are we talking about right here? Of course, it's ungodly desire. Because it goes on to say it gives birth to sin, and when it is full grown, brings forth death. Watch our desires. Now, let's get back to that word certain. Certain. There were synonyms for this word certain. The ones that stood out to me were determined, fixed, and destined. So we can look at this as a woman with certainty. This certain woman was determined, fixed, and destined to do things her way. She had many physicians, but didn't have the great physician. She relied on her own resources and spent all that she had and didn't trust in the source. She was misfixed, and instead of things getting better, they grew worse. Some of us are Mr. and Miss Fixit, trying to do it apart from God, afraid to bring it to God. And so you come to church Sunday after Sunday, life group after life group, determined, fixed, and destined to do things your way instead of pressing your way to the altar and leaving it before God. We press our way to our cell phones before we press our way to the altar. We press our way to social media before we press our way to the altar. The clean altar. Side note here. Have you noticed where you're sitting that you're facing the altar? The word pours forth from the pulpit, and we pour back in obedience towards the altar. All that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient, go into the altar before God. Worship and song comes forth from the altar, and we pour back our worship towards the altar. But when we go outside, there are trash cans out there. Have you seen that? When you hear a message from God, what are you going to do with God's word? God's word is transforming. It's alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. But we don't want to be divided. We don't want to be cut. We don't want to be exposed. And the reason we don't is because we haven't been spent. We are still full of ourselves. Verse 26 says she had spent all she had. You know, we need to get to the place of spent. We need to stop letting any and everybody work on us. We got too many physicians. We got radio physicians. We got televised physicians. We got celebrity physicians. We got physicians that tell us what we want to hear instead of the truth. We don't seek the great physician. We listen to ungodly counsel and so our situation gets worse. Mark 10, 17 through 22 says the rich young ruler had to get to a place of spent. Jesus told him, go and sell all that he had and give to the poor and follow him. The young man was sad and left grieving. Like the rich young ruler, we too leave the same way we come because we're not ready to be spent. It's time to get broke of self. It's time to get broke of being, oh, I'm just misindependent. It's time to get broke of, oh, I'm just self-reliant. It's just time to get broke of me, myself, and I mentality. We have an issue of blood, people. We are more dependent on our earthly bloodline than our heavenly bloodline. I know there's ancestry DNA. I took the test, 23 and me. I did that one too. All over the place. 
But then I had to sit with myself and realize, wait a minute, I've been given a new bloodline. I'm of the body of Christ. That's the bloodline that we are of. We need to stop bringing our cosmetic worship before God and get to the feet of Jesus. This woman positioned herself behind Jesus at the hem of his garment at the place of humility. Another woman that did this, did this was in Luke chapter 7, verse 38. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Oh, no, but we're too busy wanting people to kiss our feet. We're too busy dolling ourselves up. We're too busy perfuming ourselves. We're too busy trying to look good. Because I don't know if you noticed in this, this woman used her hair to wipe Jesus' feet. His feet weren't clean. They hadn't been washed yet. How many of you would use your hair to wipe somebody's feet? But notice this. She was using her hair to wipe his feet, but she wasn't using her hair to wipe her face. She wasn't worried about what her hair looked like. She wasn't worried about what her face looked like, obviously. But many will say, wait a minute, it don't take all that. And some will say, you know, I'm not going to come to the altar even though the Holy Spirit is unctioning you and speaking to you. You know you hear him, but you say no. I'm not bowing in my good pants. I'm not messing up my hair. I'm not messing up my makeup. I got somewhere to go. I got people to meet after this. Well, I'm going to do all that. I ain't going out like that. We need to stop worrying about what others are thinking and be more concerned what God is thinking. We tell people all the time when we invite them to church, come as you are, when we don't even do that ourselves. We come as how we want people to see us. We have an altar call all the time, altar call. Many are called, but few come up. You know, eventually you'll get to this altar. All of us will be at this altar one day, whether it be by your own two feet or 12 pallbearers carrying you up in a casket. Now, people, I know you're looking at me, some of, some of y'all are like, well, what's she talking about, all this demonstrative worship and stuff? You can be at your seat and pray. You can do that. Nothing wrong with that. But just like your physical body gets sick, sometimes Tylenol ain't going to cut it. It ain't going to cut it. You need to get out of your comfort zone. Many of us are trying to fix broken bones on a Tylenol regimen. When you're sick, I don't know if some of y'all been there, you've been so sick, hair looking all crazy, stuff coming out of your eye, your mouth. You don't care what you look like, you just want to be fixed. That woman came out of her comfort zone. Quick question. If the scriptures say we must worship God in spirit and in truth, John 4, 24 says God is spirit and those who worship him must. This isn't an option, but a command. Worship in spirit and truth. Why do we allow our flesh to determine how we worship then? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, 41 says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The reason our worship is weak, I didn't stutter. The reason our worship is weak is because we are worshiping according to flesh and not the willing spirit. Some all the time say this, it's not, my, it's not my genetic makeup, that's how I'm wired. I don't like to raise my hands. Well, did you ask the Holy Spirit if he likes to raise his hands? I'm not going to the altar. Well, did you ask the Holy Spirit if he wants to go to the altar? 
It puzzles me how we can go to a worldly concert, raise our hands, shout at the top of our lungs, and get in the house of God and have amnesia. Look, when I received Christ, nobody had to tell me how to raise my hands. I raised my hands. In school, the teacher said, raise your hand, raise your hand. At concerts, put your hands up in the air, raise my hand. So why do we act like we don't know how to raise our hands when it comes to worship? What are we supposed to do with these? But it says right here in verse 27, when this woman heard, she came in the press and she touched his garment. She didn't need instructions on what to do. She heard and she knew exactly what to do. If Jesus was standing here right now, you gonna tell me you need instructions? How to worship him? Some of us, if we had Idris Elba standing up here, Halle Berry, it would already be going through our mind what we gonna do. I need a picture, an autograph, I need everybody to see me on Facebook Live. When you hear shout hallelujah to God, what do you do? When you hear raise your hands to the Lord, what do you do? When you hear the word of God coming forth from the pulpit, what do you do? Don't just be a hearer, but a doer of God's word. You got to know how to approach Jesus. You can't approach Jesus any kind of way. Some of us don't like to be approached just any kind of way. You have to approach him having faith in him. Hebrews 11:6 NLT says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anybody who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. See, she believed what she heard about Jesus, that he healed and what he did before, he can do it again. She wasn't searching for Jesus to do an experiment. She wasn't looking for Jesus to, hey, do some kind of magic show for me. She wasn't testing Jesus to see if he heals, then I'll believe. No, she believed what she heard first and then stepped out on faith and made her way in the press. Let me ask you something. Have you ever walked into a room and forgot why you went in the room in the first place? Many of us walk into church and forget why we're here and who we came for. You lost faith. Many of us <laughs> come into church and forget why we're here and who we came for. You lost faith. Imagine if this woman went up to Jesus and forgot why she, why she came. She would have left the same way. But she came with a purpose, an expectation. This woman heard and reached out to the hem of his garment. She heard that he had made the blind see the lame walk and the possessed in their right mind. Are you hearing about Jesus and doing something? Or are you tired of hearing about Jesus? This certain woman not only had faith, but she had a change of certainty. She was once determined, fixed, and destined to do things her way, man's way, other people's way. Then when she heard about Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, she became determined, fixed, and destined to follow Jesus. You gotta get into the press. Get in position. Reach out in faith to Jesus. Let nobody stand in your way. Most of us, though, aren't even in the press. You just on the sidelines and the perimeters. You have no faith. James 2.17 says faith without works is dead, meaning you ain't even taking action. You just sit there. But this certain woman took action by not only getting into the press, but she also spoke faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. In verse 28, she said, if I may touch his clothes, which is the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. She had faith. She didn't say I might be whole or perhaps I'll be whole. No, she said, I shall be whole. The hem of the garment in the Greek, on. It means on in the Greek, meaning border, hem, or fringe. 
These fringes were tassels attached to the four corners at the bottom and had a cord of blue in them, which the blue represented royalty. These fringes were reminders of God's commandments to the Israelites. It was also a recognition of authority. Some believe Jesus had these fringes. I, I just so happened to find this at the store, and I was like, ooh, we got fringes. But, <laughs> but some believe that Jesus had these fringes because in Matthew chapter 14, verse 36, gives accounts of people begging to touch the hem of his garment. And as many touched it, were made perfectly well. People were begging to touch his hem. And we can come freely to the altar because of what Christ Jesus did. And we treat it, though, as though we deserve to be up here. We even belittle it by calling it a stage. The only thing that happens on the stage is performing. Things that happen on the altar is sacrifice, consecration. The healing, though, wasn't in the garment. If that was the case, all who pressed against him would have been healed. But it was about how she approached Jesus and the position of her heart. She approached him in having authority, and in humility, she positioned in her heart to be submitted under his authority. I'm sure many reached out for his sleeve or touched his shoulder and nothing happened. How are you approaching Jesus? Reach for the him. We must recognize who he is and place our faith in him. Recognizing first and foremost, he is royalty. He is king of kings and lord of lords. We must submit under God's commands and position ourselves under his authority. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Verse 29, it says, a straight way the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body she was healed of that plague. Her blood was dried. Her blood flow stopped. He wants our old blood flow to stop. Our old blood flow to stop. He doesn't want us to operate in the blood flow of our sinful nature anymore. We have a new bloodline in the body of Christ. She felt in her body that the blood flow stopped. In her, she felt it. Most of us don't want Jesus to work in us. We just want him to put a Band-Aid on our situation. But an issue of blood took more than a Band-Aid. It took Christ shedding his blood upon the cross for our sin. Verse 30, 31 speaks of Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Turned about in the press and said, who touched me? The disciples said, thou seest a multitude thronging thee and you say, who touched me? First and foremost, you got to recognize when you call out to Jesus, in faith, immediately power goes out. It's not delayed. When you receive Christ, you were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit instantly. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, do you not know that you are a temple of God? you got to have knowledge and understanding and know. Do you not know you're a temple? Remember, saints, those in Christ, you are a temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. It says Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Virtue left him, power. But it didn't deplete Jesus of his power. He wasn't weak or drained of his power but rather she tapped into his power. We need to understand that Jesus doesn't want you to be a who. You see, although Jesus knew very well who touched him, he could have said, woman, you just touched me, get over here. But this was an open confession that needed to come from this woman. You see, a lot of us, just like this woman, try to go under the radar when it comes to Jesus. Yes, we want our blessings. Yes, we want our healing. But when it comes to confessing before the crowds what Jesus has done in our lives, we want to hide and begin to fear and tremble. We're worried about what others might think. We bring our cosmetic worship before God. And some of us come before God and we don't share our awe. 
to him who already knows all. Verse 33 says, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, says she came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Until you're ready to give your all, you can't be whole. How are you going to hand him half and expect to receive whole? We must testify on all what God is doing in our lives. Her healing wasn't just for herself, but it was for the crowd as well. You see, what happened to her could encourage those who were pressing about Jesus on how to press. Or those on the sidelines of the perimeters, it could encourage them to join in the press. And hearing her faith could have caused those who were listening to keep pressing and not lose hope. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Where the Christ presses at? Are you still pressing in? Matthew chapter 5.16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And finally, in verse 34, and he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. She has been restored to the Father. She went from being called certain woman to daughter. Romans 5.10 says, For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? He told her to go in peace. She is no longer an enemy of God. James 4.4 says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Don't blame God. You want to be a friend of the world? You just made yourself an enemy of God. He also spoke and said, and be well whole and be whole of thy plague. Do you not know that a plague is contagious? It spreads quickly just like sin. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So because of Adam, sin spread to all men. But God sent a cure for that sin plague. There is no longer an issue of blood. Romans 5.19 says, because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. That one person is Jesus Christ. God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sin, y'all. So remember this. The issue is not the title of our sins. The issue is not that you're a fornicator, even though those are issues of sin. The issue is not that you're a liar, even though those are issues of sin. The issue is not that you're a thief, even though those are issues of sin. The issue is an issue of blood, and you got an issue because you're still allowing that old sinful nature of blood to flow in and over your life than the saving, cleansing, restoring blood of Jesus Christ. God bless y'all.